Welcome back to A Fresh Story, the podcast where we have conversations about brave decisions to start over again. I'm Olivia. And I'm Jenny. And we're so glad you're here today, brave one. Hello, hello, Jenny. Hi there, sissy. So we had, um, well, first of all, how are you? I'm good. I just had such a good lunch. I got a small, I'm going to tell you about it now. Sorry. I got a small, uh, everything on this podcast goes back to food. It comes back to food. I got, um, like a crusty, um, roll and Mm. I cut it open and I did goat cheese and then I mixed, um, some shredded pepperoni, spicy pepperoni and roasted chestnuts and a little honey. And I put that on the roll with the goat cheese and I heated everything up and it was really satisfying and delicious and i wish i had three more of them but i only bought one and that have sounds left. delicious that sounds yeah, amazing really well i'm having a cup of hot coffee and i just dropped the kids off it is pretty gross out here today so um oh, yeah it's yucky so we had the most amazing you know i feel like we say this with every guest and it's so true like we are so blessed we just have these people come into our lives yeah i don't know what we're doing but like I just want to keep doing it because just the, these lights, these yeah. beacons that come yeah. through our zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So Cassandra Bankson is, um, a skin influencer and esthetician skin influencer, um, which is a really, really hard word for me to Jenny say had a little, here in the interview. Um, that was the and, third take. Yeah. Um, it was, it was early <laughs> and, we had this just this amazing vulnerable conversation about mm-hmm. really everything from the impact of bullying um in mm-hmm. childhood on your mental health to um you know this duality of living two lives you know in the spotlight uh Cassandra is a, a well-known model and influencer um and she an has esthetician. she went she's, to school to study right. her skin or yeah. skin so that she could understand right. this thing that had influenced her life so much and her yep. path she's brilliant i mean she mm-hmm. she was using words and sciencey things that i had no idea um and she just more than that was the kindest most warm-hearted yeah. open vulnerable person and we just had a fantastic time learning her story and it really made me think a lot about this duality especially with celebrities right like the face you put out into the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. and the face that you are inside and i think a lot of people are going to really relate to her episode in whatever way you know who hasn't been bullied in childhood well i you know i think a lot of people um but uh, I personally was very emotional during this episode because I struggled a lot with cystic acne for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So um, I just was really moved and we were so grateful for her sharing her story. So we hope that you enjoy it. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, you know, guest suggestions, you always know where to find us. And uh, let's get to the show. Hi, Cassandra. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my story. So today we have Cassandra Bankson, who is a medical esthetician and skin flare, skin, 
skincare influencer. We're just rolling with it because I can't see. Skincare influencer. Uh, Skincare influencer. As a former sufferer of acne herself, she's an expert on acne recovery and the psychosocial implications that connect our mental health and our skin. Cassandra, we could not be more excited. I know that this story really resonates with Olivia. Yeah. um, And we are just thrilled to have you here. Can you take us to the beginning of your fresh start? I would love to. You know, the fresh start really actually starts when things weren't as fresh and bright and clear as I wish they were. I grew up with two loving parents, right? I had a younger brother, but around middle school, when I started to really get acne, it destroyed my self-esteem and my self-confidence. You know, as humans, we take on the world face first, right? Mm -hmm. And we can talk about how first impressions don't matter and things like that. But the truth of it is that the way we feel about ourselves in the mirror is how we project onto others in the world. And when I was at this young, you know, formidable age, here I was picking up my skin in the bathroom between classes, trying to hide it under pounds of makeup and um, absolutely hating myself just based on the way I looked. And that continued throughout high school. It continued throughout a modeling career because I had figured out to put on makeup and actually cover the acne. But then I felt like I was living this double life. Here I was looking like this model in a magazine that was beautiful and perfect. But then I'm going home and scratching at my skin and hating myself. Mm. And the fresh start was really speaking about that and kind of figuratively and literally like stripping the makeup off and saying, this is how I get through every single day. Is there anyone else out there that deals with this? And yeah. Olivia, you mentioned that acne hits close to home to you. Yeah. Yeah. You grew up with skin stuff? Yeah. So I grew up, I started getting cystic acne when I was like 14, 15. And I think I was on antibiotics most of my high school experience. And then um, I was on antibiotics and I, I, I'm getting, I'm teary eyed just listening to you. Cause I, it is not something we talk about culturally. Mm-hmm. And I was on antibiotics all before my marriage, you know, getting married. And then in my early twenties, it just completely inflamed my whole face and it was painful. Um, I was a teacher at the time. I didn't want to face my students and we, you know, cystic acne, acne is a medical, like problem that is so mental and we don't talk about it. And I haven't really, I haven't spoken a ton about my experience with it. So I'm just really honored to have you here and talk about this openly. Um, And I'm so curious about how you got into the modeling career and how this dual life you were living between this outward facing person and then this inside like self-esteem, because it does, it crushes your self-esteem. It really does. If you think of like a rubber band that's just being stretched to the max and one side is this public facing, pretending everything's fine. And then this other side is the one that's just falling apart. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, I originally started modeling because I was able to apply cosmetics and actually use like a layering technique to cover the acne. So I could cover the redness as well as the texture. Um, My father had a family friend that he had gone to high school with. And this family friend was taking a photography course. So he took like family portraits of us, right? And um, I remember like fighting my dad. I was like, I don't want to be in this picture. I don't want to do it. Um, You know, and I was probably a young teen at the time. And when I actually got those photos back and looked at them, um, I, I absolutely fell apart because I saw myself without acne. Yeah. 
And that was the first time because even with makeup, I could see, I knew it was there. I didn't have that confidence, but I looked back at this girl and I was like, who is she? Mm -hmm. And in retrospect, there may have been a little bit of Photoshop used. Now as somebody who's online, I can kind of, you know, pick that stuff out. Yeah. I was just like, who is she? And how, how can I be her? Right. That is me, but it's with the help of this photographer, this lighting. And that got me into wanting to learn more about it. So I started casting for Ford models. The Bay Area has a very small, not the best reputation modeling scene, you know, growing (laughs) up in San Francisco. It's definitely not anything like New York. Um, But I started doing runway courses and I started um, practicing essentially. And I started getting booked. And it was the most jarring thing you know, to wake up in the morning, to hate your skin, to be picking at it, to be bullied at school. Mm-hmm. I was called pizza face, connect the dots, even like the inflamed exorcist, all these terrible things. And then, you know, on weekends, or if I could right. take a day off from school, right. I'm applying this makeup technique, I'm putting on this facade and I'm walking out and I'm booking thousand dollar deals, you know, that are hopefully going to go on a billboard or in a magazine. <laughs> and it was just this diaries it's like completely disconnected these two lives from each other okay don't hate me jenny i actually haven't seen the princess diaries but (laughs) i will have to (laughs) no but it just it reminds me like that this idea that you're like but you were had like this like secret life essentially and it was hard because i didn't talk about it much at school i didn't really have any friends per se and then um the bullying. I mean, it got yeah. so intense that I, I essentially tested out and I graduated two years early and I was like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And yeah. I started pursuing aesthetics and science and modeling full time in New York and New York has a different modeling scene for sure. Yeah. And it was just so liberating to be able to do that. Problem was the credit wasn't to me. I couldn't feel beautiful in my own skin. Mm, I was like, well, it's the makeup artist. It's the photographer. It's the Mm, hairstylist. And I would always come with like foundation on, even when they told you bare skinned, I was like, oh, come with foundation (laughs) on. But I felt like it was this culmination of things that could create something that was beautiful. And I still wasn't at the point where I could say, I'm beautiful. I'm worthy. I'm pretty. Mm -hmm. Because in society, unfortunately, women attribute their value to to beauty or wealth right right everything else can you um take us back to the your time in school and what that was like to be bullied because I too was bullied for various things and it still impacts the way that I walk through the world um what was that like and do you ever think about those people now and like how they impacted you Olivia all the time and it's terrible and I've been through so much therapy to deal with it I mean I specifically remember people's names you know in PE physical education we used to have these shirts and shorts that we would have to wear and the shirts were always white to this day I can't wear the color white and the reason why is that one day we were playing football on the football fields and everyone who wasn't actually on the field was sitting on the bleachers and I had leaned back and it was always painful to have back acne. So I yeah. didn't think much of it. But after the class, I was walking back to the lockers. And I remember this group of kids. I remember their names. I remember their faces. And they were just pointing and saying, oh, my gosh, disgusting. Like, walking infection. Like, she looks like she's gooing cheese. And I'm, like, looking around. I'm, like, who are they pointing to? I'm the only one in this direction. And when I got back to the lockers, I realized the back of my white PE shirt had, like, 
orange, yellow, and red mm. blood and pus because of the acne. And to this day, I don't wear white. <clears throat> and I'm trying to get over that because it's such a pretty color, <laughs> but it still impacts yeah. me to this day. And, yeah. um, you know, I also remember, I think the kindness that came out from some of that bullying. I never had another student stand up for me, but I had a teacher that did. Yep. Um, she was a science teacher and she was a Jewish lesbian that I don't know what she went through in her life, but I can imagine that she had been discriminated against for various mm-hmm. reasons. But I remember I would walk through the hallways and I, I was tall. I wasn't six feet at the time, but because of back issues, my mom was like, you're going to use a rolly backpack. Oh my God. You're not <laughs> she was setting you up. She was setting you up. Up. It was so bad. So on top of the acne, the frizzy, curly, natural hair, yeah, you know, um, here comes little Cass Cass with a rolly backpack. And there was this <laughs> kid that would pick it every day and it would constantly be late to class. And this one teacher, um, you know, she took me aside in a science class and she said, it's okay if you're late. Like, I see what's happening next time he does that. Tell me. And she gave me like student of the month. And I still wonder to this day if that helped impact my love for yeah. science. This was like sixth grade, yeah. but that was like the first time that anyone had ever been kind to me and like looked me in the eyes, like not yeah. in the acne, right? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So those mean, things stuck with me. No, you yeah. know, I was a teacher. I was actually a sixth grade teacher for many years before I started my marketing career. And I tell people all the time, it takes one teacher to make or break a child's life, life, their entire life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, teaching is the most admirable career. And for I, we have teachers that we still keep in touch with because I, I too was bullied horribly. I had backpack things and, um, and it was the teachers that saved me truly. Mm -hmm. And so I very much resonate with that. And it's, you know, for anybody listening, like that's just not okay. Right. Like those people, you know, as a parent now, I teach my kids when things come up, like, there's something wrong with those people, right? Like there's something wrong with them. And, you know, I think though, going back 20 years, right? When we were all growing up, we didn't talk about bullying the same way that we talk about bullying now. Um, And then lo and behold, now, then you go and become a famous model. So how does that, how does that, how does that story play out, you know, in terms of like, did you start therapy? How did you kind of like get down that road? Therapy had always kind of been hit and miss. And I kind of speak about finding a therapist or a doctor is like driving a car. Sometimes you have to, you know, look around and see what's out there to find the perfect fit because there are so many different forms of therapy, um, you know, and, and different ways to process through what you've experienced. Yeah. As I started, you know, booking these modeling gigs, as I started working in New York and Los Angeles, I remember this girl that used to bully me on the bus. She would steal my hair clips. She would call me names. She would spit on me on mm. the bus. Again, rolly backpack, bus rider. I, I was <sighs> a walking stereotype, but we live with it. Um, hopefully it built some character. But I remember she tried to add me on Facebook. And she, you know, tried to like befriend me and reach out to me. And I just remember being so hurt. And her mom, you know, because our parents still lived in relatively the same neighborhood, her mom had reached out and was like, oh, your daughter is doing such great things. Mm -hmm. Like, you must be so proud of her. My daughter would love to have lunch sometime. She's Uh interested in working in the the medical field as well. Because at that time I had started pursuing aesthetics. Um... And it was kind of like my moment of just being like, mm, 
Nope. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's revenge of not even having yeah. to spit back, not having to grab back or fight back, but just rejecting someone, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it was in a weird way, a very liberating thing. Yeah. And I remember one of the kids, as you mentioned, Olivia, um, a lot of times people who are projecting that hatred or that hurt are really suffering at home or suffering yeah. on the inside and just don't know how to deal with it because yeah. we a lot of times aren't taught how do we deal with our emotions what are our emotions yeah we process them and I remember finding out years later one of the kids that bullied me heavily had leukemia Mm -hmm. and he was losing his hair and he would always wear these beanies and we never understood but here he was pointing out my flaws teasing me Uh. and you know as an adult I kind of look back and I'm like I can't imagine what it would be like to go through leukemia you know at what sixth grade 12 13 years old Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't excuse that behavior at all, but it just makes you see things in a bigger perspective of, oh, maybe this wasn't about me. Maybe I was just an an outlet. Unfortunately, I think we're almost always outlets, right? I think it's very rarely about us. Um, I also think that Olivia mentioned, like when we were all growing up, um, a lot of things were sort of, we didn't talk about bullying. We also didn't talk about like what was going on with our skin. It was all sort of like normalized in this way where young adults and children or teenagers and children aren't really humans. Like, I feel like there's that concept that we're not really humans. So it's like, it's middle school. Don't let it bother you. It's high school. Don't let it bother you. Oh, that's just what happens. It's your skin. Cause I, you know, it's so funny. Like you just forget these things. I never really suffered. I didn't have a lot of issues with my skin on my face, but I had terrible back acne. And I literally, until you mentioned it, hadn't thought about that for, I don't know, 10 years. I had terrible. And like the, the constant pain is something that like, we never discussed. Nobody ever discussed. And like, nobody really had any solutions for me. It was just like shower or, you know, keep your hair up or, but it was terrible. And I didn't want to wear a bathing suit and I didn't want to wear anything that could show my back or a tank top. I, it was all down my back and arms. And it was just normalized to the point where like, none of this really matters. So don't worry about it because you're not going to, mm-hmm. you're in school to learn. Don't worry about how the other kids are treating you. Don't worry if they're teasing you. Right. And it's like, unfortunately, once we come online at like, I don't know, two and a half years old. And before that, everything does matter. And it all does count towards something. And we're building up those walls and those boundaries and all of those beautiful things, but also all of those terrible things that keep us from wearing white or, you know, like Olivia has like her issues with the, with the guys that bullied her in school and, and speaking to like people dealing with their own stuff. Like the kid that bullied me the worst in middle school is out of the closet now, which is great. But I have no doubt that when he was in middle school, he was dealing with that and struggling with, you know, that sort of thing. So you realize that everybody's fighting their own battle but it doesn't mean it doesn't affect us down the road, right? And I think that's what's really important. And that's why these conversations as adult women we can have are really beautiful. Yeah. Jenny, I love that you say that because you're right. It's like we can try to conceptualize it all we want and work through it and talk about it, right? And help to normalize it for someone else. But we're still going to walk around with these labels or these things until we unlearn those behaviors. I resonate with that so much. And you even mentioned, you know, Kids are like aliens. Everyone tells you to just get over it. I remember 
papaya face masks from 17 magazine, right? <laughs> the toothpaste on the acne, these toothpaste. terrible things. And there just yeah. wasn't, there weren't resources or education. No. And Olivia, you mentioned being on antibiotics. Yeah. I was as well. Like I would throw up my blueberry breakfast all over my grandma's car. It was yeah. terrible because the yeah. medication would make me sick Yeah. Um, and light sensitive, but there wasn't, yep. you know, resources that allowed me or most people to just kind of understand what's happening, conceptualize it, talk yeah. about it. Right. Yeah. And if you wanted to talk about it, my mom specifically, when I got my first pimple in the third grade, it was on the side of my nose and a girl had pointed out, she's like, what is that? Is that a wart? So I went home to my mom. I said, mom, is this a wart? Is it contagious? I'm being teased for it. What is it? She's like, oh, honey, that's acne. It'll go away. Don't worry about it didn't go away. And all throughout my life, she probably meant well, mm -hmm. but it disconnected us because here she is mm -hmm. telling me it's not a big deal. And for me, it's my entire identity. And then why am I going to speak up about the bullying and what people said when I don't feel heard? So I think that having educational resources, having resources to talk about it, like you said, boundaries, knowing what is and is not okay. It's mm -hmm. like, would you tolerate someone saying that to someone else or to a child? If not, don't tolerate it for you. Yeah. And I still try to practice that. I'm still working on it, but yeah, well, all are. yeah hindsight is 2020, right? So, so take us back. So you came to New York and what, how old were you when you came to New York? Gosh, when I was New York, I was probably 17, 18. Okay. And you came to young. model, you came specifically to model. I did. Um, I came to basically try to do the New York Fashion Week runways and I did a few, but Ooh. you know, it was never, you know, Chanel or it was never, right. you know, um, Prada, things like right. that. Right. I had right. done, you know, a lot of kind of print work, a little bit more commercial work mm -hmm. because of my body and my stature. I just wasn't fit for runway. Mm -hmm. And that was also difficult because now here I am, being told that my body doesn't fit something right or how I should change. I remember I went to Italy for a modeling career and um, a very prestigious designer. I think it was her, his assistant or his um, like main casting director. She's like, you have a good body, but your face and your rear, it's not going to work. <laughs> and I remember I was in Peru and another lady <sighs> like, you're going to have, have you heard of antibiotics? You're going to have to do those. She's like, wow, guys. Um, you so there were like the most immersive stuff. therapy that you could, which was going into like the modeling world where everybody is commenting on your appearance all the time. Well, and you know what it taught me, Jenny, is that I used to see models as these beautiful things before I right. became one, right? Like these perfect, untouchable girls, everybody right. wanted them. They must be valuable because they're wanted by society, right? Yeah. You know, they wear the nicest clothing. The reality of it is that as I got into it, I realized it's not about you being a strong, powerful, beautiful, liberated individual. You're supposed to be a hanger. Mm -hmm. The reason that there's modeling shows and makeup and hair that makes everyone look the same is because the clothing, the design is the centerpiece. It's not you. And then you're supposed to just look like the next thing. And the second that you don't fit the aesthetic anymore, um, you know, you get too old, too wrinkly, too acne prone, too whatever, too big in certain areas or too small in certain areas. They just kick you out and move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And I do see the industry shifting and I hope it shifts faster. I think that there needs to be more diversity, needs to be more models of uh, disability, needs to be more people who have skin conditions, different hair textures, mm -hmm. et cetera. Like, mm -hmm. let's not make this cookie cutter. Let's represent society and the beauty and uniquity of it. Mm -hmm. But a huge part of 
the modeling industry, you know, back in that era when I was in it, it was just, you are here to sell our products. You don't yeah. like leather. You don't wear fur too bad today. You do, if you want to get paid. Right. right. And then um, it was just as demeaning as the relationship that I was in at the time, which also goes back mm. to feeling demeaning, you know, or demeaned when I was being bullied. And it was kind of this repetitive cycle of, yeah. I was used to being bullied and told I was ugly and hating myself. So I got into a relationship that treated me the same way. I got into a career that treated me and chewed me up in the right. same way because it's what I knew. It's what I was comfortable with. They say the one, you, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And you were living that. <laughs> Probably. And it took like, again, therapy and really working through some hard stuff to kind of see that pattern and be right. like, wow, if I don't think that's okay for other people, why is it okay for me? Why am I comfortable in that? And how do I how do I change this? Right. Yeah. So what did you do? What was the next step? Um, therapy, (laughs) (laughs) um, getting out of a very harmful relationship. I still have a really hard time talking about it. It, I'm much better than I was, but it was a relationship that started off with the premise of assault. And then I was like, Oh, I'm here. I'm stuck here now. Mm. That was, uh, and you know, and, and that, I mean, you know, when you grow up being bullied and you grow up, like you said in the start of this episode, your face is everything, right? It's the first thing that you see. Your self-worth is so small. I mean, I know from experience, right? And I too have been in many emotionally abusive and psychologically abusive relationships. And you just kind of take what you can get because you're like, who else is going to love me? Because I'm so small inside. Yeah. It was who else is going to ever want me? And then for religious reasons, it's like, oh, I'm stuck here now. Right. And so I was in, yeah, a really terrible situation for, for far too long. And um, I think that the things that helped change that was of course, therapy in, in really diving into it with yeah. licensed professionals who can understand these things and help you through them. But honestly, it sounds terrible to say, but like the internet, YouTube, yeah, YouTube saved my life because here oh. I was struggling with my acne in this relationship at the time. And again, I wasn't allowed to have a phone. I wasn't allowed to mm. leave his house. It was, he was wow. much, much older than I, it was a terrible situation. I was like 17 and, um, it was a living hell, <laughs> but I had the internet and mm-hmm. I was able to start talking about my skin and this medication I was taking. And I was sharing with people and I still kind of had this squeaky little voice. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I saw other girls doing online mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. But I saw people like Michelle Fawn and Candy Johnson, who I now I'm so lucky I've gotten to hug or even say that Mm -hmm. I've gotten to have conversations with. I can text them now. But these were the girls that I looked up to. And I just wanted so badly to be a part of like a girl group because I never had that growing up. And the Internet saved my life in that way, because here I was sharing my deepest, darkest secrets online. Back then, online was actually quite private, not very public. It was like the opposite of today. And there was this small cohort of other women and men and non-binary friends who were like, oh my God, I went through this too, or I can't wear white either, or I was struggling. And all of a sudden, there are all of these people who know what it feels like. And I've lived my entire life feeling so alone up until that point. Yeah. You know, I get chills with what you're saying. Um, I so resonate, right? So we our background is in social media and marketing. And um, I've, we have both been kind of in the social media world since AOL instant messenger chat rooms, right. Mm -hmm. And before that. Um, 
And I tell people all the time that the internet saves lives. It saves new mothers' lives so they can connect with each other. It saves, it's definitely saved my life. Um, I actually connect with my therapist via Instagram and she saved my life. So I just, I love what you're saying because people, people love to, you know, shit on the internet and the communities that are built on the internet. But what you said is exactly true. You found your people. So you started posting on YouTube, right? What were you posting? Just like, long story so things like a foundation routine it was kind of like this is how I get through every single day um nail polish hauls trying to connect with the other girls you know that I wanted to have these conversations with um I started sharing updates about my life I started speaking about that relationship Mm -hmm. and I remember there was this one girl who had commented And she had said like I'm about to get married to my husband like we've been fiancés for a few years He's never seen me without makeup. Every night I go to bed with my makeup on and I wake up in the morning and I reapply it. I'm scared to get married to him because I don't know if he knows who I truly am. Being a part of this community, watching this video helped me have the courage to take off my makeup. And he saw me as beautiful. And like all of her reservations were torn down. And I'm just like this, like, I don't take credit for that. That's all her. But if I could be a part of that journey, if she could find healing here, she can now see her future husband barefaced and feel loved and appreciated by him right. and not have to put up these walls. Because if you're putting them up on your face or in your appearance, what else are you doing emotionally that we're not aware of, right? Wow. Wow. So I, wanna, was, I love that. Yeah. Like what a juxtaposition too, right? Between like your modeling career, putting everything on, and now you are dismantling, right? People's lives in a positive way for them. So they can, that, that relationship between putting the makeup on or putting the foundation on and the ba- the boundaries and everything you put up that's mind-blowing that like literally just blew my mind <laughs> I think that's 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 huge well the makeup it also kind of felt like a shield at sometimes yeah. like it was this shield that protected me from the rest of the world and people yeah. couldn't get to me but at the same time it also kind of closed me in you know it was yeah. like a bunker or a wall and here I was building up these psychological and social and emotional walls saying, you can't touch me. You can't get near me. I can't be open with you. And the internet helped me change all of that. And again, the internet in 2010 was a very different place than it is now. It was, yes. mm-hmm. But it was this silent little place where nobody knew my secret. And then the most terrifying thing happened because Good Morning America, that I didn't even know what the TV show was, all of a sudden they call and they're like, we want you to talk about how you do your makeup routine on TV. And I was like, what is a Robin Roberts? What is, <laughs> what is a Good Morning America? <laughs> They're like, can you be in New York in 12 hours? And I was like, I don't know. I, I've never really been on a plane. Like um, maybe a couple of times. What's going on? And that was the best, worst, best decision I've ever made. Yeah. Because that was the moment where this small little community was exposed to the rest of the world. Right. And in a way, it was a setback because some people who found that video based on the Good Morning America piece commented, you know, oh, go to bed with a 10, wake up with a two, you know, or or, or nasty things. Mm -hmm. But it also created an even stronger community for those of us who had gone through it. And it wasn't me. It was just this place online, this YouTube channel that I was honored enough to, you know, be able to post on that was like this little safe haven for people who are struggling with our skin. 
And I started talking about, here's the natural skincare I'm using. You know, I had been to aesthetic school uh, two years earlier before posting that video in 2008, 2009. And I was like, here's what I know. This is what I'm getting from Target. Let me tell you, my education in 2009 was not <laughs> this quality. We grow and we learn biochemistry and anatomy. <laughs> but that entire kind of process yeah. um, was played out online. And I had to learn and fall and make mistakes but grow with these other people who were learning to love their skin. Mm -hmm. And it's to the point now where, you know, I, I post most of my videos, I would say nine out of 10, I'm not even wearing makeup. I have mm -hmm. eyelash extensions and sometimes I do my brows, but like I have lots of scars. You can kind of see them, you know, if you were to look at me, my, my skin kind of looks like, I would call it sourdough bread. And when I move or when I smile, you can really see the scars poke out, but I'm like, this no longer defines me and I don't have to cover it anymore. No. And, and you glow, you glow yeah. from within, right? Yeah. Like you really do. I mean, I don't know, not everybody is going to be seeing this, but like Cassandra is beautiful and she shines and she yeah. has like a natural light within her that radiates and yeah. it is very apparent. Like oh I think whoever, <laughs> whoever encounters you, it's very apparent. And so yeah. I, but that that's because you've done so much inside work, right? Like, cause there's plenty of beautiful people that don't wear makeup that don't shine. Yeah. Or pr plenty of beautiful models that, you know, you, they're not yeah. really that pretty when they're off of a magazine, right. Or they yeah. just haven't found that. And again, thank you for the compliments. It might be the coffee. <laughs> glow, but no. <laughs> no, you have amazing vibes and you can see like you have taken, and this is what we're all about at Fresh Starts. You've taken a really traumatic time in your life and you continue to be heart-led. We're all about being heart-led, right? And we talk about this a lot. You know, when people go through trauma, there's two ways they can go. They can inflict trauma on other people or they can help people. And you decided to go and change the world and help people and how scary and exciting must have that been to talk to Robin Roberts who we love and open up that whole I mean that that's like stepping into a whole a new world you became yeah. a beacon for all these people and yeah. like yeah I I'm always afraid six I'm never afraid of success I'm afraid of success because you get you you attract like people that are terrible and shitty on the internet but yeah. you also become this light and this lighthouse for other people to be like, there's a place to yeah. talk about this. I mean, and the, like you said, the internet is so different now from what we had when we were growing up. And I would hope that like no other, you know, 13 year old girl feels so isolated. I felt like the only kid with back acne. I didn't know anybody mm -hmm. else that had it. I didn't know mm -hmm. how to access it. I didn't even know how, what's, I you couldn't even mm -hmm. Google like things about it oh. then. So totally different place. But now it's like, you've taken this thing that happened to you that you had no control over and you have gone down the rabbit hole all the way to the core of it to like find out the science behind it and bring it back up to the light and show it to everyone. And that is like truly amazing. Thank you, Jenny. I think it was also out of desperation. Like, mm -hmm. um, again, similar to the relationship stuff, it's still kind of hard to talk about certain things, but you know, there was a time in my life few times in my life, I just, I didn't want to live. And it was kind of this idea of, do I give up or do I give myself a chance? Do I try to learn what's going on here? If mm -hmm. I can figure this out that 23 doctors and dermatologists can't, mm -hmm. do I give it a try? Like I haven't tried figuring it out on my own yeah. and it took me a long time and I didn't figure it out. I still break out half the time, but at least now I understand what goes into acne, what goes into wrinkles or rosacea or skin conditions and disorders. And it's beautiful because I think as humans, we fear what we don't understand. Mm 
Yeah. Right. Look at, uh, you know, specific arguments between political sides, between people of different religions or races or genders. A lot of people just hate or despise what they don't know. Whereas if you met someone on the street and you didn't know that thing about them, you'd probably get along just fine. Right. And I felt the same way towards acne or these skin conditions. They were these things that were like, oh my God, is this contagious? Is this a disease? Mm -hmm. Are we disgusting? Are we unhygienic? But when you actually Mm -hmm. break it down, it's like, oh, everyone has the acne bacteria in their skin. Everyone. It's just for some people, there's a little bit more of it. And this acne bacteria eats oil that our skin produces and it gets stuck under the skin. Wow. That's so simple. And if we know what's happening there, it's not my fault. It's biology. We all go through it. And now we can actually find the products instead of just being sold scammy products and snake yeah, carousel. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even get me started. There were so many products that I had tried that were just yeah. terrible. Again, in an abusive relationship, working as a telemarketer, spending my $90 paycheck at Sephora on a cleanser that didn't do anything. Mm. Um, I felt so beaten down by the beauty industry, especially because yeah. you go in and they tell you that, oh, you're ugly. Use this to fix it. And you're mm-hmm. broke. Right. Like what? What? Right. And what a huge <laughs> and, industry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. But then it's mm-hmm. like now we're becoming empowered by the science of skincare for those who want to learn more. Like there's the ability to. And the second that we uncover that, it's like, it's not even about a pretty bottle on our countertop. Yeah, it can be. But what's the science behind this? How do they bind together? Isn't it so cool that the same thing that holds the planets together and holds the stars together and makes our hearts beat, these chemical reactions, they're also happening with the products that we put on our skin. And is that not just the coolest fucking thing? And look at like look at you and look at your energy when you talk about it. Right? Look at <laughs> it's your glow. So cool. Like, I mean, you you clearly are somebody that is here on earth for a reason and you like Jenny said you're a beacon but you are a leader and you are obviously brilliant because you have figured all of this out you understand it all you understand (laughs) it but I just I love that you are making these connections between everything so talk talk to us a little bit like you started this YouTube channel how did it grow what does it look like today Uh, what's the community like and like what do you what do you do today Yeah. It started growing slowly, but steadily. And it was this thing where, you know, these people were just finding it. I remember a Brazilian blogger who struggled with acne posted about it. And it was kind of this word of mouth thing. Um, Once, you know, a Good Morning America or a Today Show piece came out, there was definitely an influx of people. Unfortunately, not all were good, but I would say the majority were. And I think that that's something else that goes back to our conversation about the internet. It can be a place where bullying is unchecked or bigotry is unchecked. But when you find a community, when you look for those niche places, it can be such an uplifting, inspiring place to to learn or to explore. So I continued posting throughout the years. And there were times that like there was a lull. I wasn't feeling like myself. I was going through a journey of self-discovery. I went through breakups or other, you know, um, traumatic experiences. You know, I left the internet for six months or for whatever happened. But over time, it almost became this open diary of my successes and my mistakes. And again, I don't take credit for anybody else's journey, but if I could play a part in their journey by giving them a friend to talk to or an outlet to talk to or a person to learn with, you know, Chemistry can be so complex, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, it's overwhelming. But 
if that can be explained in a way that's talking about how light reflects certain colors and absorbs certain wavelengths that makes our lipstick red versus purple, what a cool way to learn and feel empowered. And it kind of became that mission of, I was the girl who struggled with this. I'm a big sister to my little brother. These are the things that I wish I could have told younger me or that I wish I could have told him. And um, I'm kind of known as the acne big sister, the person Mm -hmm. who's been there, right? And as a medical esthetician, I've taken the time to go through emergency medical training. I've gone through skin training. I'm a nutritionist. I don't practice, you know, uh, as a nutritionist currently, and I'm not a dietitian, but I'm able to kind of learn how these things such as food interact with our bodies and start sharing that from a medically backed and science backed perspective. And then hopefully even give light to people who have had their own acne stories. And again, there's someone who's going to say like rubbing dish soap and coconut oil on my face cured my acne. Scientifically speaking, that's not going to work for most people, but if it worked for that one person and they're able to share their story, I think it is important to give light to even those, um, kind of unique or untraditional things as well. Mm -hmm. And so the way the channel has progressed is that, yes, I am honored to kind of be the host of it, but it's about sharing other people's stories, reacting to Mm -hmm. celebrity routines, sharing what's happening online. And I will say both Olivia and Jenny, like one of the things I struggle with is that in the past couple years, the internet has had such an influx that the algorithms have really dictated how we create content. Mm-hmm. If you're to look at my channel right now, like if you pull it up, half of the thumbnails or the pictures on the videos are me making like this disgusted, like <gasps> shocked <laughs> face of some celebrity. And if you see that just passing by, like it looks judgmental and rude. But when you actually watch the content, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did that. That's such a great tip. Or, right. oh my God, mm-hmm. I wouldn't use that as an acne prone person. This is why it works for her wrinkles, but not for me. And it is difficult because I think one area that I'm currently struggling with is back to that rubber band analogy. I do want to inspire the world. I want to help the world come together. I want people to understand the chemistry of our cosmetics and the biology of our beauty. But in order to do that, the internet or these algorithms need people to watch for a certain reason. And as marketers, you get it better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. You have to hook someone in with something. And if it's not sensational, shocking, inspirational, um, or kind of over the top, it doesn't stand out from everything else. So that's my current rubber brand. And it's not as bad, but it's something I'm trying to navigate. I'm like, okay, what is my first impression versus the lasting impact? The authenticity versus audience, right? Because you can't be authentic to an audience that isn't there. So you have to attract them. And how do you attract them? Yeah, it's, it's a tough it's tough. (laughs) And and we see it getting tougher, like, you know, month over month. And and Jenny, you you make a great point. It's like having to attract those people. If we talk about, you know, how antioxidants quell free radicals and electrons to, you know, um, balance out your skin, nobody's going to search for that or click on it. Right. If you say to a young girl, here's how to get perfect skin. And then the video is actually perfect skin is an illusion. This is what you should know. This is how you embrace it. That's the message, but people aren't searching for that. So how do we almost play into, you know, speaking to those things that people are searching for or looking for, and then give them what I personally believe they actually need to hear. It is a struggle. I would love to know, you guys are expert marketers. (laughs) Have there been any areas of marketing and beauty that have stood out to you in either positive or negative ways? And as marketers and mothers and teachers, like how has that impacted you? 
That's a great question. I don't yeah. um that's such a good question. I tended so I'm not like a makeup person at all. I never got into makeup. It was never something um but I definitely tried every single acne product that was out there except Accutane was the only one and I kept having doctors push it on me in my early 20s and I was like no I'm going to try to be getting pregnant soon. I can't be on Accutane. Um that's such a good question. You know, I think that again, like what Jenny said, there's this, this relationship between like authenticity and having to get the clicks. Right. And, you know, so much of marketing is, is copy and getting just like the headline, you know, and I, I, I will say this, I think with your, with your spirit and with your energy, I actually see you doing things way beyond what you're doing. Like I could see you writing books. I could see you doing more television shows. Um, I actually feel like YouTube is too small for you and your oh platform. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Like you have, you have a huge, wonderful, beautiful energy and you so clearly want to help people. And you've, you've seen it all, right. You've seen, you've been on the runways, you've worked globally, you've done everything. And then you also have the science background. Um, you know, you kind of remind me of, um, Emily, the space gal. Do you know Emily? Um, no, you have to... I'm okay. terrible at TV. Okay. So she, she, uh, she's a big, like science, beautiful, amazing energy science person. Um, you'll have to check her out, but you know, she did kind of what you're doing, which is take a really complicated topic, right. Which is like space and, you know, astronomy and all these things and make it like really biteable and for kids and for a lot of um, women who maybe are not getting the chance to learn about science. And she's really big on TikTok and Instagram. But I think, and I truly believe, and I say this all the time with marketing, if you just continue telling your story and being authentic, the more that you can connect with people, the more you're going to get a loyal following of the people that you're going to actually impact. And we we've worked in social media for a decade. We've worked with hundreds of companies. I'm I'm anti numbers. So <laughs> I I you know and I this goes for many of my social media friends too. You know, numbers are so vanity. Everybody's buying followers, everybody's buying comments and likes and all these things. So for me it goes back to what you said with the 2010 Instagram, you know, internet world, right? It's where can you build that community? Where can you build that loyal following? And I think doing what you're doing and continuing to share, like, this is my daily life, right? I was on a podcast to talk about acne. I went and bought, you know, my new moisture, whatever it is, right? You're going to attract the people that really are going to be impacted by what you have to say. And but like I said, I think that there's a lot more for you out there. So just like keep staying true to your story and keep following your intuition, which is something that you've obviously been very good at. I feel but like I don't have intuition half the time, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think when you, when you, cause I, cause I understand that. And I, I remember I started working with um, a mindset coach about two years ago and she said, you know, what does your intuition say? And I was like, what the hell is intuition? Like, I don't, I don't know how to get tap into my intuition. And I think the more that you can kind of come into yourself and it's those, those whispers of like, but you, you do have intuition because you've obviously followed it because it's gotten you to where you are. It's just that little gut feeling inside. That's like, wait, maybe I should say yes to the, you know, good morning America, or maybe I should make this YouTube about being really depressed because I, I think this actually might connect with other people or um, whatever it is. And once you start following your intuition and you are somebody that 
truly has a golden heart and that's obviously very clear you're not going to go wrong like you're going to keep going down the right path and it's going to lead you places like you've seen with good morning america with having this huge audience i mean you have a huge audience on the internet you know when we came across you we were like oh my god she has a huge audience you know so i think it kind of goes back to numbers too though sometimes numbers scare me because i'm like yeah similar to you they're just these vanity things it's like i would rather have value over virality or right. impact yeah. over these numbers. Right. Um, and thank you, you know, for all of that. But again, what is, what is intuition? And I think that sometimes, you know, I, I wake up and the question I ask myself is, would this have helped 16 year old me? Mm-hmm. We need more of this in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I try to be guided by, but I love that you bring up a mindset coach. I currently work with a coach who focuses with creators yeah. and um it's just been so eye-opening because I think I'm trying to figure out like, what is intuition? My gut feeling, I have IBS. So like my gut feeling is just constant cramps. Right? <laughs> like what is a gut feeling? But um, I think it's also part of the growth perspective, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, we've gotten, you know, all this way or people can point to this YouTube yeah. channel, 2 million followers. Wow. But it's like, I still struggle. And I think that that's what makes us human is that we're never going to be perfect. But if we can talk about it and work through it together, even just learning from you about this mindset coach, Mm -hmm. about your experiences, Jenny, about yours, it's like, that's what makes us human, right? And I think that's where the beauty and the value really is. Well, right. Because when it comes down to it, you're a storyteller, Mm. right? You're a storyteller. And the more that we can share our stories, the more we can connect with others. And that's what we're doing with this podcast. You know, when we set out to do the podcast, we were like, we want people to tell their stories of fresh starts because sometimes you don't even know it's possible to go down a route unless you see somebody else living that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, what you're doing and the impact you're making has nothing to do with the platforms you're on. It has to do with the stories you tell. And the more you can share your story and connect with other people, you're giving people hope. You're giving people a reason to connect and to use their voice. And like, look how far you've come using your voice since your teenage years, you know, and openly speaking about all of these things with a smile on your face, even though they were really, really freaking hard at times. Right. Um, I, you know, I think yeah. that the beauty industry has done such a great job at marketing and at telling us that this is who we need to be. And I think that there are so many girls, like you talked about this woman who had never shown her husband or her future husband, Mm -hmm. her face, you know, makeup his face were told that that's part of, you know, performed femininity is, is wearing makeup. Mm -hmm. And I think that it should be a choice. Like everything we do, you want to put makeup on. That's great, but you should never feel bound into it. You should never feel confined by it. You should never feel like you have to put it on. Otherwise you won't be able to get into the club or to be told you're beautiful by your boyfriend or anything like that. We want women to feel women and girls and non by whoever we want everyone to feel completely empowered by who they are and then opt in. Right. And I think that you've done such a beautiful job. Like you were saying, like you're naked face today, like you figured out a way to through the makeup industry, right? And through all of that sort of performed femininity to like really find that center core of who you are. And I think that if, what I would love to see like down the road is girls just choosing, women just choosing to wear makeup because mm-hmm. wear it, like I have makeup. I don't wear it every day. I'm, I, you know, I, I also just fill in my eyebrows. That's what, the only thing I do. And like, 
I, but it, but it should be a choice. It should never feel like a prison that you have to do in order to perform femininity or to be considered in the world as an attractive person it's or a as choice, a person a rather. Or, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think you're so right, Cassandra, when you, you're saying like that we need to open the beauty standard, right? I mean, I truly, and I'm sure you agree, everybody's beautiful, right? Everybody is beautiful, but we're so used to this kind of like very, very narrow, right? View of beauty. I mean, I remember even for myself, you know, when you're talking about, you know, going into certain industries, there are certain types of women that tend to perform better. And when I was working with one of my coaches, she said, no, Olivia, that's why you need to go get up on the stage and do your TED talk because people need to see you can have hips and boobs and butts and long dark hair and be of Jewish descent and still, you know, make billions of dollars and do the TED talks because it's not just this one particular type of person. And so representation is, is huge. And I love that you're this like older sister. And I just, I feel like you're putting your arms around this next generation of young people and saying like, no, I got you. Like, we're going to figure this out together. And sometimes that all, that's all it takes is like one person, like that one teacher you had that was like, nope, mm -hmm. I see you. I see you and mm -hmm. I see that you're struggling and we're going to figure this out. And even if we don't figure it out, at least I'm here to listen. The thing that I found with intuition is intuition is calm. It's never chaotic. So when you when you sit with yourself and you can like, and this is the hard part is sitting with yourself. I One of my coaches said she wanted me to sit for one minute a day in quiet. And I was like, pfft. F you. I'm sitting in one minute a day. <laughs> when you can start to sit, and I, and I will challenge you, if you just sit one minute a day in quiet, you're going to start to hear and feel. And into, um, my therapist always says, anxiety is urgent. Intuition is calm. Mm. And so, you know, it's interesting just to think about, but um, I'm just excited for you. I feel like there's, you're like at the precipice of like this huge thing. And, and we're so honored to like have you in our circle and to know you and um, what were there any products or recommendations for things that may have helped you on your, your fresh start that you could recommend to other people going through a fresh start generally or a skin fresh start? Definitely. I think the overarching thing that I try to recommend to whether it's clients, you know, patients in Durham clinic or people online is that everyone's skin is unique. And if you learn the ingredients that work for you, that's going to be best. Mm. But for me, there's a brand called The Ordinary. They're inexpensive. They are like seven to $10 each. They have like one ingredient little bottles. And for me, those were so helpful because I could kind of mix and match what I needed. And it definitely took a level of I'm going to learn about this. I'm going to figure out how to pronounce, you know, L-ascorbic acid and what it does. <laughs> but that was really empowering because it's like all of a sudden, instead of having to buy a $500 moisturizer, mm -hmm. I know what I can find in this little vial and make it work for me. Right. That was monumental. Um, when it comes to things like retinoids as well, a lot of vitamin A is mm -hmm. used in dermatology. It's one of the best things you can use, but there's a lot of people, including myself that couldn't get prescriptions mm -hmm. and, um, or, or, you know, prescriptions are hard to come across or medical insurance, yeah. things like that. There are different forms of vitamin A. So you have retinol with an O retinol with an A and then retinoic acid, which is this potent one. So even finding brands like Medicaid or uh, Dermalogica, which is used, I use yeah. them in aesthetic school, um, finding brands that have these ingredients that fought acne and wrinkles, you know, as a growing woman who wants to feel good about myself, you know, I think smile lines and wrinkles are proof that we've lived, laughed and loved, mm -hmm. but 
I haven't gotten Botox at this point. And if I want to, you know, prevent them, I, I, I'm choosing to do that through skincare products right now. Finding the ingredients that do that has been so empowering. I love that. And, um, I think any of the brands that I really love and that I recommend often, it's because they not only help my skin, they've helped others, but they also match morals and values. And that's really important for me because I feel like we have so many consumer choices. Why wouldn't we choose a female founded brand or a brand yeah. that's vegan and cruelty free? Why wouldn't we choose something that gives back to the planet, right? Yeah. If we had the option to. And yeah, so a lot that. of my recommendations focus on how's this going to help you, but how is that purchase also going to do more good than harm? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, do you have any advice for anybody that is thinking about starting fresh in their life? Yeah. I think you need to define what starting fresh means for you. For the longest time, I thought when I get clear skin, I'm going to be confident and beautiful and have the perfect relationship, all that stuff. And when I actually started clearing my skin, I was still left with the insecurities, with the bad habits, with the things I struggled with. And um, I really had to redefine my goals of, is it clear skin or is that clear skin representative of what I want out of life and how I want to feel. Um, kind of intuition, right? Going into the feeling of how do I want to feel or how will I feel once I have this thing? It's not about the next purse or the clear skin or the perfect no. you know, weight on a scale. Yeah, It's about what is that feeling and what will that feeling enable me to do? Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that I could tell every young woman or young man or young binary friend, every young person who is struggling with their skin, it's that what you look like has no impact on what you can do for this world. Mm-hmm. Similar to what you were saying, Olivia, like doing a TED talk with your, you know, long, dark hair, you know, being of Jewish descent, being a mom, these things are so important. And what you look like, that's not mm-hmm. the precipice. That's not like the defining characteristic that allows you to do that. But if you're stuck in the mirror, you know, looking at your skin, picking at yourself, feeling bad. That's two hours that you could be doing a TED talk, raising your children, spreading your light, doing a podcast. And the more we can kind of get away from the insecurities in the mirror and literally bulldoze them over to spread our talents, our gifts, our lights. Every single one of us has something unique. That's when we can truly make an impact. Taking those amazing experiences, being able to not fixate in a mirror over what you look like and being able to share these things on a podcast, share your passions that helps the world in such amazing ways. And it doesn't matter if you're brown haired or blonde or brunette, it it just matters that you're, you're taking those things that matter and not allowing your physical appearance to stop you from sharing them based on an insecurity. 100%. I love that. So what's next for you? Um, consume more coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I still go through struggles, for example, you know, figuring out, um, how to entice viewers who actually need Mm -hmm. to hear our message and please the algorithm to get those clicks, but still spreading a positive message. Um, you mentioned things like books or products or TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely think there's a need for products that serve people who have struggled with acne and tell us that we're beautiful. And this is a choice, Mm -hmm. not a chore. Mm -hmm. So that's something that is, um, you know, along the lines of formulation. Um, but I think that it always kind of comes back to this core mission of, I want, like, I believe in a world where we're empowered by our media and secretly, like I work to tear the beauty industry apart from the inside out. Like let's destroy it from the inside. Using love it. Science. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So it's a continuation of that journey. Um, and 
really, you know, representing the people who make that possible. I love it. We are so honored and so you know, just to have you here today. And thank you for sharing all of that with us. Um, and we will put all the links to follow you and get more information. And, yes. you know, I just love everything you said. And for anybody that's listening that has struggled with anything that they feel like they are less than or worthy, we love you. And we're so happy you're here. And Cassandra, we're so happy you're here. And we hope to stay in touch with you. And mm-hmm. thank you for everything. I would love to. Thank you guys for giving me um, a really safe and comfortable space to speak about this. And um, I can't wait for what's to come for you guys as well. Thank you for listening to today's story. We're always here and we're proud of you. Until next time, brave one. A fresh story is brought to you by Fresh Starts Registry the first and only platform for everything you need to start again. You can read the show notes and learn more about today's episode at freshstartsregistry.com slash podcast.